what's interesting to us on this podcast in particular, I suppose, is that um, Napoleon is the iconic modern figure um, in the Pigelian firmament, I suppose, of world historic figures. He's the man who inaugurates political modernity in the aftermath of the French Revolution um, and who's Napoleonic and famously um, uh Hegel himself, the man himself, he sees Napoleon, suppose, you know, as the story goes, he sees Napoleon at a distance. Napoleon was reconnoitering um, before the Battle of Jena in, in Prussia. Hegel sees him at a distance. He sees because Napoleon famously went on a white horse. He sees him undertaking a reconnaissance and he says, he writes um, to his friend about how tremendously affected and moved he was to witness this world soul on horseback, which gave rise to this idea of, um, I suppose, holding history by the reins, riding history on horseback. The idea that there are these world historic figures who um, who can set the pace and determine the flow of events. Wouldn't that make history the horse or the horse history um, rather than... Yeah, Napoleon? well, it's the, it's the boulderized... I mean, it's the boulderized version of... Um, of I suppose of Hegel's, um, it's the memeified version of Hegel's understanding of world historic figures, which is not so much that they they aren't like demiurgs that kind of um, are out of whom history flows, but rather vessels or um, through which history flows. Rather, yeah, there's I mean, an engine or a, or a horse to take the old fashioned. Yeah, that's engine, true. Who could, yeah, people who can recognize a good horse when they see one. So, well, I mean, well, I think... and, and famously cited, you know, world spirit uh, cited by Bungacast in uh, Silvio Berlusconi much later on. You know? Yeah, so that's worth. So I think it's worth, you know, like Napoleon is the is the kind of the iconic figure from the first end of history that was declared by Hegel in the aftermath of um, the Napoleonic Wars and the French Revolution. And so there was no way that if there is a film about Napoleon, a big Hollywood film about Napoleon, there was no way that we couldn't actually end up talking about Napoleon. And to think also about what, you know, a biopic about Napoleon means at this point, because I don't think it's accidental either that it's um, a popular film at this point or that Ridley Scott waited um, so long to do it. Hello, hello, great men, and especially great women of history. Welcome to BungaCast, the global politics podcast at the end of the end of history. My name is Alex Hochuli in Sao Paulo, Brazil, as usual, and uh, also here, for those of you who are watching, you can see George Hoare and Philip Cunliffe um, going right to left, at least as I'm seeing it. I don't know about you guys. Um, in, uh, in the UK... Also, oh. also politically... I think I'm uh, no. further further on the right. I don't know, maybe. I was going to say it has no correspondence to position on the political spectrum, apart from the fact that Alex is in the technocratic centre when it comes to the podcast. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and quite happily so. Anyway, so um, are we going to um, continue with the pretense and the mystery that we're going to examine a, a very serious and good film, or can we drop that straight away and just say that this is not a very good film that we're going to be talking about? I don't know, Phil. 
Yeah, well, I suppose I wanted to, um, I did want to start by asking you both, um, yay or nay, we're talking about Ridley Scott's Napoleon, we all made an effort to go see it in the cinema, um, and we felt for, I mean, reasons we'll talk about in a moment as to uh, why we felt it would be um, something good to talk about for this podcast in particular, um, but first of all, just a quick yay or nay, so George, yay or nay? I'm thinking about like Gladiator. It's definitely it's definitely a thumbs down, <laughs> or whatever the one is that that yeah, means kill, kill kill the Gladiator. Yeah, Alex, send Ridley Scott to to the lions, um, <laughs> or to the cockroaches. It's a thumbs down for me point. too. So um, yeah. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> but there is still stuff to discuss. Um, I think um, you know, like um, I think there is still stuff to discuss. Um, not only in terms of the, not only in terms of the film itself, but also you know what it what you could say it represents um, as a phenomenon. Um, but before we before getting into that, um, I was surprised by. I'm quite a fan of Ridley Scott, um, and there was a good line actually in one of the reviews that listeners and or viewers will find in the show notes was um, I think it was by the guardians film critic, Peter Bradshaw, who called Ridley Scott, the Wellington of movies, which I thought was a nice line because he's not a genius. Um, and famously Napoleon defeated Stanley Kubrick, you know, in the sense that Stanley Kubrick was trying to put together a biopic of Napoleon and it defeated him. Whereas um, Ridley Scott has succeeded in putting together a biopic. And so in the same way that Wellington beat Napoleon, but Wellington was not a military genius. Um, the Duke of Wellington was not a military genius, even though he beat Napoleon at Waterloo famously. So I think, you know, Ridley Scott, like it's fair to call him, I think he's probably a bit more than a Wellington of cinema because he does have some, you know, he does have some genuinely great cinematic achievements, even if, even if he wouldn't count as a cinematic genius or as um, a director of the first rank. But before we talk about Napoleon specifically, I wanted just to canvas opinion from my fellow podcasters as to what their favorite Ridley Scott movie is. And listeners and viewers by all means should feel to, um, should let us know as well in due course. But uh, let's start with you, George, what's your favorite Ridley Scott movie? Well, there's definitely a correct answer to this, isn't there? You're supposed to say Blade Runner. You're supposed to say like this, um, you know, incredibly influential, like great story, looks fantastic. Um, and yeah, very, yeah, very memorable film. Um, but no, it's not for me. It's Gladiator. I'm sorry. I know that's the, uh, the populist choice, but um, really yes, yeah, just rewatching it recently, it's just so enjoyable. And Russell Crowe is really, really good in it. I mean, even some of the, um, I don't know, the less famous Ridley Scott films, they like Black Hawk Down, very watchable, very, you know, very gripping, sounds great. And yeah, I mean, I think I would probably agree with you, you know, not a cinematic genius, um, if, if, you know, such a thing exists, or if that's not too harsh on him, but some really incredibly engaging films. Um, so yeah, I should say Blade Runner. I know I should, but I can't. I can't lie. It's Gladiator. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, so I remember, like, there's a scene. I think there's always a scene in a Ridley Scott movie where he uses cinema to a real effect, even if the film, in or you know, all in all, isn't actually like necessarily kind of. Um, 
you know, kind of you could cast it as a work of genius or whatever. But so I remember like in Black Hawk Down, there's this amazing scene where it, and it's just one scene that brings home, I think, the kind of the, um, I suppose, the experience of being in a firefight in urban warfare in this decayed third world capital. And that's when the American soldiers are beneath the helicopter and the shell casings from the helicopter's weapons are dropping into their collars. And it's a little, it's just a little detail, but it captures that sense of um, kind of total confusion um, because these hot shell casings are dropping into their collars and they're struggling to get them out at the same time as they're being fired upon um, by General Idid's forces in Mogadishu. Anyway, it was always a scene that stayed with me because it's those little details that kind of bring alive a scene, um, which I think Ridley Scott is actually very good at. Um, But moving on anyway, so... Well, hello, listener. I hope you like what you're hearing. It's a short excerpt from an episode that's available only to subscribers. Want to support BungaCast and get at least two original episodes a month? Sign up at patreon.com slash BungaCast right now. $5 a month patrons get access to exclusive episodes like our in-depth analyses of present history. You know, the big stuff that's happening right now. As well as chats with our regular guests, extended interviews with the key thinkers trying to understand our world today, and much more. For $10 a month, you join the BungoCast Reading Club, the place for those of us who are serious about equipping ourselves with the necessary intellectual tools for understanding the world and seeking to change it. Phil, George, and myself, Alex, look forward to seeing you there. Patreon.com slash BungoCast. Patreon.com slash BungoCast.